Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host, and I'm going to continue this week focusing on some foundational realities of what it means to be a Christian, mainly looking at what is it that God has done for us? What is it that those who are baptized into Christ actually possess already? And what difference does it make in my life, and can it make in my life, if I really give my heart, Jesus called it abiding, if I genuinely make the effort to abide in Christ, that is listening to the Holy Spirit daily, just having conversation with the Lord, having daily prayer, but throughout the day, living with the awareness that God has done something so amazing in your life, and that amazing thing is fundamentally He's made His home in you. You're a temple of the living God. You're an indwelling, He dwells in you. Such an amazing thought to consider. And with all the demands of life and so many things we have to think about all day, we often don't think about it. But the saints, they're models for us to help us see, because there's all kinds of saints, all running the gamut of the kind of human beings that are on the earth, from super bright, super intelligent, to very ordinary people, to rich, to poor, to men, to women, young and old, who caught the fire. And they paid attention to what the Lord had done in their life, in baptism, in the in the sacramental life of the church and the word of God. They knew they had a power and a capacity in themselves by virtue of the Lord's action that they could, in this life, rise to heights of holiness and joy and purity, the things that, you know, the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, at a high level, right? Holiness at a high level. And then laying hold of and living out of faith, hope, and love and the virtues that they thought, if, if, if I have, if I really believe this, and I make it first in my life to pursue Jesus and just seek the help of the Holy Spirit to have a passion for Christ that the saints have. He'll bear so much fruit in my life, fruit that will last. That's kind of, that's what we're talking about. You know, that when the things that we can do on earth, we can do a lot of things that are, are quite self-centered and selfish and we might enjoy them, but they don't bear fruit. And a lot of what the culture lays out for us and entices us into is kind of like a lot of it's idle foolishness, total distraction, escapism, and these kinds of things. And they might bring thrills. They might help, you know, satiate certain desires or whatever. But the bottom line is they don't bear fruit that will last. And we forget the reality that, as I said yesterday at the end of the program, that Jesus is Lord. Jesus is the Lord of the cosmos. Jesus is the Lord of everything. And he's going to come again to judge the living and the dead. And the question is, and the judgment's really about, did you love God? Did you love your neighbor? And you can't just do that on your own strength. And did you abide in the Lord? Did you walk with him each day? Yes, imperfectly. When you stumble and fall, go to confession, you get yourself right. You just keep going. You never quit. You never give up. You don't just have it as a little thing in your life, but it's not the center of your life. You can't have that because you won't bear fruit. That is, you won't bear fruit that will last. And sometimes I say, Lord, could you do a, could you just give us a sneak preview into the coming attraction of the appointment that's in our life when we're going to meet you face to face? 
help us see what it's like to not be ready for that moment. Help us to see what it's like if I took a minimalist approach to it or a sort of indifferent approach. It'll come when it comes. I'm not really concerned about it. I don't think about it very much. Help me understand what it looks like, Lord, if I walked, if I really tried each day to love you, to have you at the center of my life, to make it my aim to please you, what would it look like? What's the difference? Because it's hard to take it seriously when it seems so far off, although it could be here this afternoon in any one of our lives. It could happen. Because when we die, immediately we have a personal judgment. We go before the Lord. and our life, we see it in light of its fundamental truth of did we respond to God? Did we, the, the truth that is Christ, and he revealed to us saving truth, the truth that will prepare us to live with him forever, he's going to reveal our response to that. And then we live with the consequences eternally. It's pretty amazing. And of course, the world, you know, the commercial world in particular, I mean, the whole pursuit of the entertainment that just dominates our world is to be distracted. It's okay to be distracted. It's okay to take in beautiful entertainment and things like that. But it's also, if we're not careful, it's very easy to fall out of conversation with God. It's easy to just think, uh, take a minimalist approach to Christianity to kind of get the minimum in. It's not really where my heart is. It's not really uh, where my sense of purpose and responsibility is. I'm mainly just buying fire insurance in case this is all true, you know, I, I to, to get into heaven. But what I'm really preoccupied with is the things I'm interested and passionate about, my desires and the rest. You can have a very fulfilled life and pursuing an amazing career according to your gifting in this world and a whole set of things and still live with the Lord through the whole process in a way that wherever you are living out your vocation, you are living it out in the Lord and the power of the Holy Spirit with pleasing him being the center of it. And it has an extraordinary impact. Well, if you didn't have a chance to tune in the program yesterday, I began with just a basic question of, you know, what is the essence of Christianity? And then ultimately talking about the new life that comes to us in Jesus. Remember, Jesus didn't come just to bring us a moral code to kind of straighten us out and keep us on the right path. He didn't come as like a coach, or, you know, a life coach to come say, you know, go get the best out of your life. Go be your best self. And here's how you do it. Make sure you're physically healthy and emotionally healthy and all the rest. He came to give us something that it's impossible to get anywhere else. No human being can access it. That is the divine life, God's life, the thing that every human being most needs. So I ended with paragraph 668 of the Catechism yesterday. And I want to go on, and the theme there in 668 was, you know, the, the living and dying of the Lord and Him being ascended at the right hand of the Father, and all power and authority belongs to Him. All rule belongs to Him. He, he's the final authority on everything. He's the revelation of the truth of God. He's the one we'll stand before in the last day, these kinds of things. Paragraph 663. Henceforth, Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. By the Father's right hand, we understand the glory and honor of divinity, where he who exists as Son of God before all ages, indeed as God, of one, be one being with the Father, is seated bodily after he became incarnate and his flesh was glorified seated bodily at the right hand of the Father in a human body 
after he became incarnate, which is what we're celebrating coming up at Christmas, the incarnation of the Lord Jesus, when he came and he took on human flesh in the womb of Our Lady. And this is a fantastic, I have this highlighted here for me, is, and his flesh was glorified. Say that with me. And his flesh was glorified. Say that again and again and again. Why? Because that, friends, is the whole reason Jesus came. He came to deal with the sin problem, which produced the death problem. He put away sin. You know, he took away, he destroyed it. He emptied the devil in his power and the power of his kingdom. And he began in himself a new humanity. And what is the new humanity? It's human beings glorified. That is, in the presence of God the Father for all eternity, in the glory, the majesty, the renown, the beauty, the authority, the power, the love of God, the overwhelming fire of God's love, the furnace of burning love in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. This is the destiny of the human race. Joy beyond compare. Why do you think we have things on this earth like uh, that we all seek, like joy, happiness, fulfillment, glory, success, intimacy, union, all this stuff. Why, why is it so strong in us? Well, it's because we're, we're made for God. We were meant to be this way in the garden, all the way back to Genesis, but the human race fell, Adam fell. Where Adam failed to stand, though Jesus has become the victor, and Jesus is bringing us into completion, to our ultimate destiny. And so in paragraph 670, it says, since the ascension, God's plan has entered into its fulfillment. So this, when we say the ascension, we're saying, we're talking about Jesus in glory, his flesh absolutely glorified. And friends, this is where we need the help of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus said the Holy Spirit would lead us to all truth, would remind us what Jesus said, would teach us everything we need to know. By reading God's Word, by participating in the life of the church and the sacraments, by engaging in the mission of the church, wherever the Lord has planted us, the Holy Spirit is there present to help us understand the reality of what we're living in. Again, paragraph 670, since the ascension, God's plan has entered into its fulfillment. We are already at the last hour. So you're living on earth in the last hour. The final age of history, and it's called the age, you know, there's a, there's a theological term for it. It's called the age of the eschaton, the age of the Messiah. St. Paul talked about this in Romans and in other places using this term, and Father Joseph Fitzmaier described or defined it this way. He said, this age has initiated a status of union with God previously unknown. Okay, the eschaton is... Why this is possible, that a status of union with God, a absolutely unique event that initiated this ability now, this capacity or this opportunity for human beings to come into full union with God. And that happened in Jesus. It's the final stage, the final stage of human history, and its culmination will be the return of the Lord. And his, this union is the, the kingdom of God, is, is the life of the church, is where it begins. And it was previously unknown, and it's, it's a time destined to a final union with him in glory as well. And so here, this is the deep awareness. 
we are now touched by glory. The glory of God is in us because the Spirit of God has been poured into us. The love of God and a power that will not disappoint us has been poured out into our lives, as St. Paul said. And, but it's leading to a final end. This is what hope is. Hope helps us see this fact that we're heading to glory, to a full participation in the glorious life of our Lord. It's the new creation. And it's a reality that's already begun. It's the already and the not yet. We have already a foretaste of the kingdom in this union with God. And again, the saints show us just how far in this world human beings who take this seriously and take it up, what happens to them? And this is the basis of Christian hope and of patience and of, of capacity, a capacity to endure. I talk periodically about the, about the uh, martyrs, right? Those who die for the faith, those who, who Jesus said, you know, you're going to be rejected in this world. You're going to experience this rejection. The world's going to hate you and things like that. And what makes it possible for us to endure this in the joy of the Lord, in peace, in confidence, with courage? It's Christian hope because it's a, it's a confident expectation of the fulfillment of our life and the destiny that's there. Nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. This is where there's power, where there's freedom, where there's joy, where there's strength. And we need this now in the time of confusion and corruption that's so profoundly present in our culture today. Friends, let's meditate on that. Hope you can join me tomorrow. God bless you. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.